As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequaled. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you post Super Bowl. It's a fun one the other night. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're gonna, we have a fun guest, Voice of the Bears, Jeff Joniak, jumping on with us today. John Z, how you doing? Did you enjoy the game? I did. I did. Um, I know everybody's going to talk about that penalty and ha- have talked about the penalty. We'll talk. Um, it was kind of disappointing in a sense to have the refs, who we talk about a lot on this podcast, play a role, but... I like how James Bradbury handled it afterwards. Holding is a holding, but I thought it was a very good Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, it was two good teams. I think the two best teams in the league. Maybe you could still make an argument for the Bengals, but um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just insane. He just—he really is. That it's what what he's done so far in his young career is unbelievable. The talent. To go along with the early resume, I think that's what's crazy. Because, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, we're gonna get a little bit deeper into that. Just want to make sure everybody knows. Following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. All the athletics coverage on the Super Bowl is up on theathletic.com/slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe. Allchgo.com. For me, you know what the Tuesday after the Super Bowl means, Johns. Bears what? mock draft 1.0. Oh, yeah. Just like Kevin has his free agency primer cut yeah. list. 13 years in a row. Makes me feel old. Who was your first pick 13 years ago? Do you remember? If I told you it was a Badger, does that give you a clue? <laughs> Gabe Karimi? It was. Ah, and you nailed it. You got it right. My first ever pick in Bears mock draft history was actually probably the only one I've ever gotten right. Which is not the point of the exercise. I always say this every year. I always put it in the first one. 
honestly, the whole point of this doing this is so people can learn about the prospects. And I'm never going to tell you about a prospect I don't know anything about. So the first one always is loaded with senior bowl players because that's who I just got done watching and Big Ten players because those are the players I know well. Obviously, there's some exceptions. I went with Jalen Carter in the first round. Um, there's a couple non-big players in there. But yeah, I mean, the whole point is really to take whatever knowledge I have on some of these prospects and say, hey, this would be a good fit for the Bears. And then, you know, you consume it from there and you can yell at me and all that. But that's really the point of the exercise. And uh, we do have a video version for the first time ever on the CHGO YouTube channel. Um, if you want to check that out, of course, did after you bring the, you your, your your mini big board? I did not. In? <laughs> I actually don't have one right now. Well, you I think I threw it, it away in the, in the movie. <laughs> I, I think I threw away in the move last year and I'm and I'm not sure I'm going to replace it because, you know, there's this thing called the Internet. You can just put things. You know, what's cool. Actually, I don't know if you've seen this, but we actually created. Uh, an Internet based database for free agency and the draft at chgo which you which our diehards can access so if you are a chgo diehard uh go to all chgo.com slash diehard you can access all that with all the other perks that come with it so i want to make sure people so it doesn't need to be on a board in my office anymore mm, only about 25 be. only 25 years behind on that one <laughs> um yeah um Super Bowl. One thought on the Super Bowl. Sorry, I was actually thinking about this when you were talking. <laughs> of course. Not, <laughs> just not listening to me. Not, not, not listening. That's fine. I, I was thinking about the routes that the, the Chiefs were running and the simplicity of it. A lot of it is like reminiscent of, of that uh, Alshon Jeffrey play that Mark yeah. Chessman had where he, like, he would fake the end of the round or whatever or fake the motion and like you know go just back out. out. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um Teams have different names for it, but they scored two of their touchdowns on that way. The 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 corn dog for the Chiefs. That's what they called it. That corn, yeah yeah yeah. Peter King got that little nugget out of Andy Reid. The corn dog. Corn dog. Corn dog. See, our teams got different names for it. You know, this sounds like a Matt Nagy influence there. <laughs> corn I don't dog. know Andy Reid with the food. Um, <laughs> what are you saying? No, anyway. he talks about that. I'm not saying that. He loves his cheeseburgers. He does. Why didn't they that call it a cheeseburger then? Whoa, that wasn't a fat joke. I promise. That was Andy Reid. Andy Reid openly talks about his food all the time. BK, have it your way. Like, that would have been, you know, pretty clever since it's like the most popular jingle all of America oh my God. right now. Yeah. Um, every kid knows it. But I, I just love the, like, they saw something on film with the Eagles where they checked their man coverage over, right? You, you see him slide over. You see all the pointing. You see the guys go down. And they got him twice on it. Twice for touchdowns each side. I love the schematics of it. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is, is brilliant, but I want to give Andy Reid, the big man himself, a lot of credit for those calls. The corn dogs. He corn dogged the Eagles. Shout out to uh, Mr. Anderson on Twitter. He t- actually tweeted at us this morning about that play. Oh, did he? I didn't. I missed that. And, so thank you, well, Mr. Anderson. No, what he was tweeting us, us about, though, he was retweeting somebody else that had put this out on Twitter yesterday. John Bedell, I guess, uh, said that the Jaguars, he found this on tape, the Jaguars ran pretty much that same exact concept earlier for a touchdown against the Eagles this year. Like, so the Eagles had been beaten by that play earlier this season. They could, still couldn't stop it. Yeah. Which is just in, interesting, which probably why the Chiefs saw that on film and said, let's run this. Mm-hmm. It's what good coaches do, and I thought that that was one of Andy Reid's best coach games ever. 
really. Um, and as good as, how many times you get a, a a Super Bowl with the both quarterbacks playing that well? Oh, rarely. That's why I thought this was a great one. Because because we had an argument yesterday on our CHO show about how, like, whether or not Jalen Hurts could have actually been named the MVP in that game, and 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 I was pushing against that. I was like, "Come on, Jalen Hurts can't played, name someone from the losing team." J- well, I, I don't, I'm not even talking about that. I mean, I, I'm actually not against that if the guy's actually that unbelievable in a Super Bowl. But as good as Jalen Hurts was, Mahomes was better. I mean, he just what he was 13 of 14 after dinging up his ankle. He's still running around. He's completing every yeah, really long run down the middle. Yeah. He, he's he's leading touchdown drives, and I'm sorry, like as good as Hertz played, that fumble still happened, and it was maybe the most significant play of the game when you consider that the Eagles were rolling. They might have been up 24 to seven if that play didn't happen. The defensive touchdown for the Chiefs, and and I don't know that it's if it's 24 seven, maybe it's not the same game. Who knows? Can we give the Chiefs offensive line some credit? I know yeah. they got some help from the Turf Monster, which traveled from Chicago to to Phoenix. But, uh, I mean, that's another side storyline. But I thought the, the Chiefs offensive line, well, they deserve a lot of credit. Because we had talked a few times about how good that Eagles defensive line was. 70 sacks to the Bears, 20, right? Brought that up a couple times last week. Mm-hmm. Not one sack on Patrick Mahomes. Some of that scheme, but some of that is them. And some of it's the grass. Yeah, all of the above, but give them some credit. I still don't understand how it could have been that slippery. Like, you're in the desert. It's not like it's humid. I, I just You almost I, wonder if it got humid within the building once it was brought know. in. You know, because that's the same turf that's at Soldier Field this year. That's a home of 31 that they put in, which I thought was a lot better than the past. Now, some players were still complaining about it at times. I still think it was an upgrade. If you, I was on the Tahoma, you know, Tahoma 31 has a Twitter account. <laughs> like the actual company. And, and obviously they're on the defense right now. But if you kind of read through their tweets, a lot of which are like, Hey, this same turf exists in a lot of different stadiums, including the Eagles' own stadium, by the way. Um, it's not the turf's fault, basically, is their point. Uh, are you so saying was it user the, error? <laughs> was it the groundskeeper's fault? Was it overwatered? Was it not, you know, did, uh, did the roots did not, not take? Did not settle, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is they... My understanding of how it works is this company grows the grass. They deliver the grass. They help install the grass. But other than sort of consulting maybe a little bit here and there, once it's installed, that's on the groundskeeper. That's on the whoever's taking care of it. So I think that's kind of where they're coming from on all this. It is an interesting storyline. I don't know if it'll get more play in the offseason. Well, it's going to get endless play in a certain... Eastern town. <laughs> yeah. It just unfortunate, man. Great Super Bowl, great matchup, everything. You know this from being at Super Bowls. The amount of work and the amount of detail that goes into every single little day, the planning, the 
stuff they put up on the buildings. Like, it's insane how much work it is. And then to get to the game and the grass doesn't hold up, it's it's very on NFL. It's very it nice. Yeah, it's it, 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 someone someone's getting fired over that. Let's put it that way, because there's no way the league is happy. Did you see? And we got a big guest coming up here. Uh, did you see the the clip of the halftime show from someone in the stands? So they had the dancers like in those elevated platforms. Mm-hmm. One guy fell. Really? Like, not, not off, but almost off. And he was one, on one of the higher ones. He had tripped on his move or whatever, and yeah. he came very close to the edge. Wow. Now, that would have been a story. I didn't see that. Now, I think they were on tethers, weren't they? Were they? So well, they, I think Rihanna were, was. I assume they all had to be, right? Like So if this, this dude falls, the big coat isn't going to save him. Maybe it is. You know, maybe it's one of those like motorcycle ones that are inflate. But like he's going to be hanging from there at some. Point. <laughs> no, now, now you really have a lot of viewers. Well, and that's why I'm thinking he had to be tethered, right? Because if he's not, and you literally have a dancer die at halftime, <laughs> like do you finish the game? No. Probably. So now not. you're gonna now you're gonna cut the Super Bowl ha- short. I mean, that, that's that's why I I, I got to imagine if, if they were tethered, they had to be. You could not see them. I, I I did not notice that in any dance that they were doing. Right. Well, or maybe, maybe this person because they were maybe dancing this like crazy. Yeah, maybe this person actually slipped on the hidden tether. Maybe I don't know. Well, I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. It's a good halftime show. Good job by Rihanna because I had. Low expectations after how good last year's show was, and I don't. I said this yesterday. I, I think, think last year. I think last year's was better. Yeah, last year's still was better, but I thought that like this year was just bound to be a letdown, no matter who it was. Like it was almost like it's just an unfair position, like having to follow the you know the greatest. In my opinion, my favorite halftime show ever. I know people like have different opinions based on their musical taste. I get that Prince was obviously outstanding, Super Bowl forty one, but like last year to me was my favorite ever. But so for Rihanna to still deliver the way she did, and I enjoyed it. I, you know, good for her, man. That was awesome. I like the simplicity. Like I like last year's show, but I like the simplicity of just one star handling the halftime show as opposed to like this entourage of musical talent. Yeah. It's just me, even though I really enjoyed last year's show. I mean, I, I thought Chris Stapleton delivered an awesome anthem. Yeah. I would love to see him do the whole halftime show. He'd be good. It's the best. We had to, I went to his concert over the summer, and they had to rush through it because of the weather. And then it never rained. <laughs> that was frustrating. <laughs> it's still a good show, but they're worried storms were coming, so they're trying. He's, and he was openly like, yep. I got no talking. Just going to play as much music as we possibly can because we're going to have to get out of here. And then it never rained. All right. Um, well, good job by you securing one of our favorite yes, the voice of the Bears, Jeff Joniak, jumping on with us. And uh, it's always fun talking to Jeff. Thought it would be a good time to uh, kind of recap last year, talk about the offseason, where where he stands on a lot of the stuff, Justin Fields. So let's jump right in with the voice of the Chicago Bears. All right, well, with the Super Bowl behind us, 
the Chicago Bears are officially on the clock, which is still weird to think about. We thought it would be a good idea to bring in our favorite guy in the world, uh, the new voice of the Senior Bowl, apparently, which I just learned. (laughs) No. Pinch hitting. Pinch hitting. (laughs) Jeff Joniak is with us. What's up? Jonesy, as John Fox used to call you. Right, he did. Right, he did. Uh, It's good to see you guys. Now, I know one of you went to the Super Bowl. I'm not certain the other one did. Is that correct, Adam Jones? I I can't drag Jonesy to the Super Bowl. I don't know what it is, but he won't come with me. Why don't you tell people what I did, Adam Hogue, when I found out, (laughs) scrolling through Twitter and seeing a bunch of smiling faces, what my reaction was. So, yeah, I don't know how many people saw this, but... Mark Carmen has been doing these videos, essentially like doing an impression of Greg Braggs, like his rise and shine videos. So he's in a car. We're on our way to Radio Row, I think, on the first day. And Carm's doing this just ridiculous Carm video that he does. And apparently, Joniak got a big kick out of this. So like we're sitting down on Radio Row. I think we were literally about to interview somebody. And, and I, my phone rings and it's it's Jeff. And he's like, are you at the Super Bowl again? <laughs> I mean, you know, I went to, I believe, 27 in a row. And then during COVID, you know, that changed things. And so, yeah, that there's not, not, not enough dough in the till to send uh, uh, me to uh, do my thing. So I always loved it. People said, ah, you know, but you're not, you're not, your team's not there. What? Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it because I love football. So I love being around. So I was quite jealous. Jeff, I, I think the, the last time the Super Bowl was in Arizona, you and I went to that concert put on. It was was it Florida Georgia Line. Wait, weren't Dirk's we just Bentley? supposed to be only working at the Super Bowl? You, you know, you, you're telling us we're having fun too. Was it Florida Georgia Line? Eric One of Church, my Dirk, Dirk's Bentley it was awesome. Um, oh yes, I remember now. Because there was a bunch of them. Yes, yes, we it did. Was, it, it was a fantastic yes. concert. We went out. I remember. After that, yeah, great night, great times. I remember you maybe like bring a, a suit coat. <laughs> yeah, bring a suit coat to the guy. I'm like, do I really well, have to bring a suit no, coat? No, because it was a corporate invitation, bro. It was. I get it. Hey, listen. But nobody was wearing one but you and me. <laughs> yeah, well, we look good though. We, we did. look good. We did hey, this goes good. back to when I, you know, when I was at the old WMAQ and we're covering the Bulls. I'm Whoa. sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> Call Chiefs the curse of MVP hex? No. Come on. Um, you're, you're a radio professional. You know to have your phone on well, vibrate yeah. during the interview. What is going on here? Well, see, when your broadcast partner is Tom Thayer, you have to make sure you don't miss a call because you'll get eviscerated for it. So, Ooh. yeah. Anyway, when uh, at the old <laughs> MAQ, and I know we're a little bit off topic here, but uh, I was sports director, and when you're covering the Bulls, you dress well as a reporter because I always felt MJ and Pip and those guys appreciated you, you know, dressing for the occasion because each and every one of those games was an occasion. And so I made my guys wear sport coat and tie. Andrew Siciliano was, was one of my guys back then, believe it or not, from NFL Network. And, uh, you know, you just, you just try to dress for success. I think the first time I showed up at a sporting event was Wrigley Field in the press box for an April game when I was working at Sports Phone in the mid-80s. And I showed up in a suit and tie. Everybody looked at me like I was from some outer space. Yeah, it was... <laughs> But, you know, you dress for success. Well, those, well, those clear- baseball guys dress down. Let's be clear about that. If we're going to rank was the, the old entire guard, sports so writers. Yeah. That was the old guard. You think about it. Cigar-chewing cigar old guard, which I have great respect for. It, plus, it's their booth. It's their. It's not a booth. It's their press box. 
Yeah, Baseball is. writers of America. So you're in their territory. Anyway, it, it, I digress. No, no, but that that is interesting, and it's changing a little bit. Like I've I've even noticed on Radio Row in recent years. It's I I mean I used to wear a suit coat with usually with jeans or something, but now it's like all hoodies and people are just chilling. Part of that's our company too, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a little different. Um, speaking of Andrew Siciliano, uh, he, he was down there at the Senior Bowl. You yep. were down there at the Senior Bowl. Was uh, how much did you get out of that? First of all, did you, um, did you enjoy calling that game? Did you enjoy that experience? And then, I mean, how much did it help you get some prep for what's going to be an exciting Bears draft? Oh, certainly. Um, so I was only down there on Friday evening and Saturday of the game, so I didn't get to see the whole week. Watched every practice and and all that, and taking notes. But yeah, it was a very unique experience. It was the first time I'd ever done what would be considered a national broadcast, and. The hardest part, I couldn't tell you right now who was on the American team and who was on the national team because they all blended together. You know, there's 120 guys and the roster's changing over the course of the week. And on game day, guys that you thought were going to play were probably pulled by their agents and not playing. So, like, I wanted to really see Adi Adebaro from Northwestern play because he he just stuck out. It's funny when you're analyzing these things and you're not a professional scout you're just an observer of football and an analyst of football for the last 30 plus years. Uh, you do see the traits and they stick out on, on, on tape, if you will, or on the screen. And so uh, that guy probably made more money than anybody that, that week, but um, it was challenging indeed because uh, you know, memorizing that many guys and not being affiliated with, you know, the Cowboys or the, you know, or a college per se, and everybody's wearing different helmets. It, it was it was not simple. It was not simple. But it was a great experience. Had dinner with Andrew on Friday night, and he called the game for NFL Network. And we're super close. We've been friends uh, since I hired him out of Syracuse. I gave him a shot and uh, hired him sight unseen. And uh, it was he's been a great professional. So it was kind of cool that uh, our careers merged on that particular day. And I'm sure he'll be reaching out a little bit more now that the Bears are going to become the Maybe one of the biggest storylines of oh, the yeah. offseason. Now, like, yeah, you, do you remember you're like this? Sorry, no, go ahead. I don't think so. You know, uh, 2010, when the Bears had big free agent hall, was Julius, Julius Peppers mm-hmm. Hall. And now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to remember who else was brought in during that time. Chester we, Taylor we, and Brandon Manu Maleuna. Did I say see, that right? Yes, you did. Um, do you remember well, that press sounded, conference, though? Wait, it sounded better than what it, I, I mean, Pep's a, Hall of Famer and was a big part of that defense. And uh, but I here let me tell you what happened. So NFL Network, the Bears were such a big story. They flew me out to LA to be on Rich Eisen's show. And I remember being in a production meeting with Mike Lombardi. And I'm I'm sitting I'm in awe, right? I'm they flew me out to talk about NFL free agency. The Bears were such a big story. And I remember that meeting, and you know, we're we were getting panned. I mean, you guys what did you really do? You know, that type of thing. And I'm like, well, you just have to hear my opinions when we get on set. So I was very positive about it all. And ultimately they go to the NFC championship game and rich eyes in that day. I saw him on the sidelines at soldier and he goes, I got to admit you were right. And I was wrong. I mean, they made it to the NFC championship game and very easily could have gone to the super bowl that year. Uh, but not since then, not prior to that. I mean, this is, I, I said it in my sports casts yesterday. This is the heartbeat of the league until further notice, Chicago, yeah. Illinois. 
Uh, Hallis Hall will be under the microscope, and we are going to hear some crazy things from analysts. We're going to hear rumors galore that won't make any sense because it's now the Bears that are the talk of the town. For sure. they, they have the most cap space, but if you want to compare it to 2010, like the first draft pick that year was Major Wright. Third round. The Bears Third had the round. first pick this year as well. I think they're going to trade it. What type of vibe do you have about, like, that just increases the excitement, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, it's no, that, I mean, that's why everybody's stirred up, and everybody's assuming, assuming, and playing fantasy football in their head because it's not their money, how it's all going to be dispersed uh, financially. And, you know. I mean, Jeff, they're going to trade people, down three times. <laughs> and maybe they will. I don't know. But uh, it's going to be a great debate, ultimately, in the end, what ultimately happens. Uh, because it'll be, it's a signature moment for the future of the franchise. Would we all agree? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Not just the number one pick, but how you dole out this cash, who you re-sign from your roster, what you're looking for, uh, how you, you know, do you load up on one position? I keep talking about the Lions, and I'm a big offensive, defensive line guy, so I want to build that. I, that is, I am almost microscopically looking at it because I can fill in the blanks elsewhere. I know it's not sexy to talk about that. You want to talk about wide receivers and get the game breaker and all that, um, but you're not winning if you're not, if you're not blocking and you're not rushing. So I, I just feel that that's the focus. And the Lions drafted three defensive linemen last year. One who became rookie of the year, the Pepsi rookie of the year, and Aiden Hutchinson. The other one, James Houston, after injury, blew the league up, couldn't stop him. And the other one was uh, Pascal, who's a solid. You know, they, they rebuilt one side of the ball, and it made a difference. It made a difference in their season, and it's now one more building block. I feel the Bears have to do the same thing on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think there's a blend of of a different approaches that we've seen around the league here in the last couple of years that are are worth watching. I mean, the the sort of the dream scenario, right? We're at the Super Bowl last week. You're talking about the Chiefs. You're talking about the Eagles, the way they've built those teams. Ryan Poles came from Kansas City. Ian Cunningham came came from the Eagles. That's great and all, but that's going to take a few years. You can't just do that in one offseason. But I, I, I think the Lions are a great example about how they've really they stuck to their approach. They said, this is what we're doing and we're building this thing up on the line of scrimmage first and foremost. And then also, I think in terms of having to spend money, which the bears literally have to do, they have to spend money. They yeah. can't sit on it because they, 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 there is a floor they have to reach. And that's where I look at what the Jaguars did last year, which was like, I mean, they got criticized for some of those signings, but they had, they were in a similar situation where they had to spend the money. They tried to do it smartly. Both of those teams, uh, the Lions almost made the playoffs. They did everything they could at the end of the year to get there, and and the Jaguars ended up getting in the playoffs. Yeah, all true points. And I, you know, there's a phrase that I always used about, and I I read it from somewhere, and I I, I never forgotten it. It was you know Washington, how they always were, you know, Lions in the spring and Lambs in the fall. They just poured money into anything that moved that they thought might be able to help their team in free agency. And I don't want that. I don't think Ryan Poles is going to do that. He's going to be measured. He, like you say, there is a spending threshold you have to reach, uh, but you'll be rewarding some of the guys on your roster, no doubt. Uh, but even then, you have to be careful about how much you're investing. And I think uh, you just got to go with your gut instincts and don't don't think you just need to just blow it all. And uh, it'll be interesting. I hope you, you got to get a, a volume 
of players. It can't be one or two. They're not there yet for the one or two to, sh- to send them over the top. But, boy, they can make huge strides. And I know this whole town, this Bears fandom is super jacked. And I just hope their their expectations get tempered just a hair just because, again, it can't all be bought in one year. I'm curious, like, going off exactly what you just said, we've, we've seen – Different strategies unfold in at least the past 10 years covering this team. Ryan Poles is attempting something completely different. What do you make of the the process? Like this isn't Phil Emery signing Brandon Marshall or trading for Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett. This isn't the spending that he did. This is different. Like what do you make of the process that Ryan Poles I'm all for is, it because... Is, you know, you guys are probably going to jump down my throat on this, but I've said it before, and maybe I've said it to you guys personally, off the record, on the I, I don't love free agency. It's sometimes fool's gold, uh, maybe more often than not. And I know it's a part of the game, and you got to do it. But uh, you know, you're you're getting uh, less tread on the tire. There's already been, you know, maybe in some cases the best work already has been done, and now you're paying for what somebody did, not what they're expected to do. And that that's hard for me as a football fan, first and foremost. Uh, and I know, listen, how many times we heard from agents and players, the agents are trying to make their money, obviously, and uh, represent their player in the best way possible. And while also doing that, showcase their wares for the next wave of players that want to hire them. But, you know, they're only looking about, what I'm going to see in the future, not what, you know, and player, whatever they did in the past is the past. And I know it's hard for people to, we all think, Hey, look at my track record. I should be paid now, but what is it you're going to do for me next? And that's the approach you have to take in my opinion, as a general manager uh, and a personnel department, make sure you do it in a, in a way that is instructive, measured, and you just don't have be wide eyed and want to take, everything it's not a shopping spree it can't be a shopping spree would you guys agree yeah i agree that most of the time i think the overwhelming majority of the time you regret you regret spending the money in some way shape or form even if the player ends up being pretty decent usually there's a year or two on the back end of the deal where you're like oh this guy's over the hill now we got to eat some dead money there's always there's always a catch to it there's rarely ever the signing that is just like, oh yeah, that was a home run, easy money. We got a, we got great value on that. It almost never happens. I mean, Julius Which Peppers is, would be like, you brought him up, like that would be an exception. That team was built to win. It and was, he, it was built to win. Correct. But he, even at the end, didn't they end up releasing him with some money left on that contract? Am I? Phil Emery did that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, so even in that case, there was a, there there was leftover cash at the end of the thing so it's it's always there's always a catch in free agency but that, that that's the business though and we yeah. you know, we all accept that so that that is an understanding uh, but you know when you go through your rosters every year like i do and get ready for preseason games and i always refer back to what you know the, the list of names that are on the list almost surprise you even one year later this is such a turnover look what philadelphia did in two years i mean two plus years amazing they overturned the roster and made it into a potential championship roster once again, three points shy of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, that's the league now, man. I mean, you're not here for very long on some of these teams because everybody's impatient. Coaching changes are made. New systems are brought in. And I'm uniquely interested, you know, the, the, the best news of the entire offseason 
period, in my opinion, is you didn't change the offensive coordinator remains because look at how many offensive coordinator jobs are out there. It's, it's a lot. They're not all filled yet. And that's the biggest decision you make on your team. In my opinion, outside of the head coach is who's going to be calling your plays. Who's going to design the scheme. And if that keeps changing, no matter what you do in free agency, you're just spinning your wheels. There's got to be some traction here for the bears and for Justin Fields. And, you know, Luke Getze, you know, got his taste of head coaching at the senior bowl. And if he does well, he's going to be a commodity, obviously. And he was last year. So, uh, I just hope that the system stays in place for as long as possible. What's well, to so that point? That's the biggest story of the offseason, if you ask me. I agree that, and I think keeping Ian Cunningham is underrated too, because he oh, could yeah. he could have left it. All right, let's see it. Let's let's test your recall then. I don't have good recall. Who, Believe me. So don't embarrass me now. I'm not what gonna, do you no, got? no, no. I'm gonna ask you a question that you shouldn't get anyway. But who 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 led the Bears in receiving in preseason week number one? I, like, can you remember these names? No. The answer no. is Tajay Sharp. Now, why do you know this? Because I just looked it up. Otherwise, oh, okay. I would have no idea. Yeah, I just Tajay brought up. Sharp. I just brought up the game book, right? Massachusetts. Yep. Product. Yeah. What yeah. about? Him? What's that? What about him? I'm just. I'm just. I'm just wondering what you remember about. That. No, I, there is a point to this. Remember, uh, Kevin Shaw, Chris yeah, Fink, I, right? Think you can't remember how right, to say his right, name. Right. Maybe you know. Uh, here, here's the point. The point is now that's preseason stuff, but this season could not have been easy for you calling games with the number of random players that were coming through on waivers and getting activated, especially the last four or five weeks of the season. Like guys we had never heard of that are, you know, you forgot they were even on the practice squad, like things like that with this roster this year was, was pretty insane. There's especially a good secondary. Secondary, yeah. well, the last game of the year. I mean, you know, I put together my chart and my board, and you know, you find yourself penciling in stuff and having, hey, Doug, uh, Doug Coletti, my statistician and director of research. Hey, I need you to do some research on this guy real quick because he's activated, and that could be for other teams too. But yeah, I mean, we knew that going in. It was going to be the Seattle Seahawks approach of John Schneider, and he made so many transactions, uh, an absurd number of transactions. And I believe it'll continue that way for the Bears moving forward here in this calendar year and beyond because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to keep finding the best juice and squeezing those grapes to to create your ultimate roster that's gonna compete. Who on this roster though from this season and maybe don't I don't know, not necessarily an obvious answer, but like who did you sort of fall in love with calling their games this year? You know, just somebody that you you enjoyed having out there despite the ten game losing streak. Oh, I love Jaquan Brisker because I think safety play is very critical in terms of being a playoff team or not. You got to have a tone setter back there and a badass. And I believe he's both. And I think his future is very bright. More he understands the game, more he learns the game uh, from a, from this particular scheme and how he's deployed. I love the fact that he's an outstanding blitzer all the way back to Lackawanna uh, Community College uh, there in uh, Pennsylvania. So I, I just I, I I just love safeties. I love safeties. So I enjoyed his play. I love the way Eddie Jackson played at the beginning of the season. Heck, Elijah Hicks impressed me too. Not just you know he's a very good special teams player. He's got a spot on this roster, and that's a that's a guy. He's a very smart player. He's going to develop if he continues to uh, get that opportunity. Uh, who else? I mean, Jack Sanborn was fun. He was fun. 
He was just see ball, get ball. And uh, whatever limitations he may have athletically that people want to pinpoint. And uh, I, I don't know if he'll be your starting middle linebacker here in 2023, but I, I do love his mentality. And that's that's the thing. I know this sounds kind of old, old man-ish, I guess. I just love, I want, I want competitors. I want guys that are nasty football players, good guys off the field, high character, high football intelligence. This is what, what I prefer after being around this for so many years. I just want guys who love the game. And you don't have 53 guys on your roster that love the game in 32 cities. They just don't. They're, They're doing it in many cases because they're good at it, but do they love the game? I want guys that love the game, and that's the hardest player to find. And I, I, I do believe Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus know what they want, and that is what they want, those types of guys. And they can speak it, and it becomes their mantra. And people maybe, yeah, we've heard many things like this over time, but I want to find those guys who love the game. Love it. Erlacher style. Love the game. One out there, love practice, love being with the boys. Briggs likes to have his fun too, but when it came to football, loved it. Loved those guys. Peanut, guys who love the game. I want those guys on my team. What was it like? What was it like calling Justin Fields' development? It was hard. Yeah. I've told people, okay, I, I mean, listen, Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick. Favre, Rod, you know, the guys who are mobile and make plays, but not like that. Yeah. I mean, Lamar did. Lamar has. Michael Vick did. Lamar, you know, Vick did, and he has. Um, But it was hard catching up to him. I didn't know what was coming next because you're going back to throw, and in many cases, he wasn't going to throw. He was going to be running with the football. And so I had to recalibrate how I call the game, and I I was behind on him. And uh, he is a treat, man. It's just... You just don't know what's coming next. And if I'm thinking that, the defense is certainly thinking that as well. So it was fun to call his games, for sure. Exciting drama. Uh, the takeoff runs where you don't, you think, well, there's no way he's going to. And what? He's pulling away from guys? He's that fast? It's the greatest quote of the year. Matt Eberflu say, saying that Justin Fields is fast as he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Which means he's got gears. And when he needs the gear, he's gonna he's gonna shift it into that gear. He's fast as he needs to be. That's a very powerful quote. Did, did it ever feel like calling one of like Devin Hester's returns? Yeah, I, I've made this comparison. Thank you for bringing it, yeah. that to my attention because Devin, you know, he's gonna catch the ball, he's gonna catch the punt, and then he's gonna go to work and he's got blockers. He's he's moving forward. Justin, you don't know he could throw the ball, he could turf the ball, he could throw it out of bounds, he can tiptoe the sidelines and keep going and not go out of bounds and avoid a hit. I mean, I, you just never knew what was coming from Justin. Those were crazy, crazy plays. Devin, though, you knew he was getting upfield. Once he made that one cut and gets vertical, he's gone. And uh, those guys love blocking for him, obviously. And I think the same thing is happening with Justin. Those guys are getting kick, a kick out of just rolling guys to make way for, for number one. That's an interesting way to think about it because you're right. Like we tend to learn certain tendencies of players and kind of what they're good at and what they're not good at. And you kind of have a feeling of even sometimes when the ball is in the air to a certain wide receiver, the percentage chance in your head that it's going to be caught or, you know, a crazy catch is going to be made or something like that. But you're right with Justin. He might just unleash a 40 yard bomb downfield too. Like, like on any given snap, anything can happen. 
because here's what happens. You know, your, your job is to, to follow the ball, right? And when you're calling plays, but you know, I like to set the field and get real detailed on that, set it up, let it rip. But you start becoming a fan of what he's going to do and you're watching instead of describing. And I got suckered into that this year a couple of times. The euphoria, because we haven't had a player around here since Devin like that. With all due respect to everybody else, the dynamic player is the rare player and he is the rare runner. And I, I found myself at times like, oh my God, he's going to go. This is what I'm thinking in my head. And now you're trying to formulate it. You know, how are you going to describe it? I, I, I think I, 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 you know, you always look back as, as a play-by-play guy and I've talked to other play-by, you know, you'd love to recapture certain moments and redescribe them, <laughs> but yeah. you don't get that chance. Right. Just got to come out of your mouth and whatever happens, happens. I want to share one. T- Go ahead. Sorry, John. I, I want to share one takeaway from my Super Bowl experience last week. Because you know when you're on Radio Row all week, you talk to so many different people from across the league. Certain narratives or conclusions can be made about what people think about certain players or, or whatever the storylines are. I was surprised at the amount of people, like nationally, I guess I would say, that are not only open to the idea of trading Justin Fields. Yeah. But are, some are actually like encouraging it. Like, yeah, that's what you should do. You, you should reset the clock on the rookie. It, but what's what's interesting to me about it is like, I don't think any of us in Chicago actually think that's even that much of a possibility. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you did have people like, we talked to Thomas Dimitrov at one point, the former Falcons GM. We talk, I think it was Jeff Schwartz was completely against the idea of trading Justin Fields. It's very polarizing. It's either like yes or no. And and the no's are like, why would you do that? And I think that's why Bears fans probably fall on like the no. Because for everything you just said, this is why I brought this up, Jeff. Because for everything you just said, the Bears have not had a player like this exciting with the ball in his hands since Devin Hester. Why in the world would you trade that guy? Well, you know, isn't Joe Banner one of these guys that are leading the leading the uh, discussion on, on moving them. Joe Banner, I think Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and hey, you know, I respect those guys. But I, I think the, the the key note here is, and we won't, we're really only talking about his running ability and his deep ball. You know, he can throw a beautiful pass, deep ball, but he does have to improve from the pocket. And maybe these folks don't believe he can. I, I disagree with them. Uh, Got to give the guy a little time here to to develop that part of it and develop the weaponry around him and have the ability to be protected for enough time to make that happen. So, yeah, I, I, I find it kind of interesting. Uh, I do feel though, that you can never stop looking at the quarterback position. So I'm hoping they find a quarterback in this draft or undrafted free agency, um, or free agency that has the same qualities as, Justin does. So it's a seamless transition due to injury or whatever the case may be uh, so that you can just pick up where you left off. Kind of like what Baltimore does, you know, with Lamar and Huntley and all that. But so you never stop looking for the quarterback. You just, it's, it's, it's that important. What do you make of what the bears have a, maybe around Justin right now? And you you mentioned the offensive line earlier in, in this interview. I'm just, Curious for your thoughts on Cole Komet, 
the run game, yeah. which led the league, yeah. and where they can improve. I'm a big run guy. Love the run game. I, I feel you need to have that, too, to win. Uh, so I, I love what they did uh, running the football. And uh, those guys up front did a nice job in that regard. Uh, I, Cole Komet, Tom gives me a hard time because when we do our you know, videos uh, to, to preview the game for our TV show on Fox, uh, we have to pick, you know, a player to watch. And, and it's I, almost every week I'm picking Cole Komet because I think he can be a matchup problem. I know how that goes. Is. Every week I was picking him to score touchdowns and then I stopped yeah. and he started scoring touchdowns. And then he finally right. started scoring <laughs> touchdowns once you stopped. Yeah. I, I said, listen, how many do you wind up with? Eight? Oh, how many Seven, do you have? I think. Seven? Seven? Yeah. I, I told, I said before the year, this he's going to have eight to ten. So I was hoping because Tom was telling me, you know, just calm down already, will you? <laughs> you know, he, he thinks there's a love affair going on here. But I, again, I, I look what look at the tight end position around the league right now, and, and look at the job. You know, look at the Super Goddard, Bowl. Yeah. Or Goddard, you made some amazing catches. Cole can do all of this. Okay, Kelsey's in another in another planet. No question about it. His his playoff numbers would be a, an all pro season. You know, that's, that's what he's put together in the playoffs and they got great chemistry there with Mahomes. but there that's brewing. That's brewing with, with Justin right now. And uh, the addition of another tight end of consequence, what would help him even be more impactful. So I think Cole had a terrific year, uh, despite the circumstances, despite the, the losses. And he is what you really want. He loves the game. He's high character. He represents the organization in a way that uh, is really unique, given his interest in the Bears since he was a tyke. So that's that's a keeper right there. Uh, I love Darnell Mooney also. I love Darnell. Uh, I know he loves. I, again, this goes back to what I, my checklists. Loves the game, works at it terribly hard, and uh, there's still a bright future for for Darnell Mooney in, in whatever role that he uh, ultimately will rise to. So offensive line. You know, Tom the other day said something crazy on our Bears All Access show on the score. He said he felt Braxton Jones should have been under consideration for Rookie of the Year in the National Football League. Wow. Because, you know, he played every snap. He's a fifth-round pick. He's quite the story. And in retrospect, you know, expectations had to be kind of on the low side of, is this really going to work? Is this what's going on throughout all preseason? I'm like, okay, this would be a great story. Is is this really going to happen? Is he going to? Is he going to be the starter? And then he never left, never left the field. Uh, to me, another guy, keep an eye on how he works. And he needs to get stronger in his lower half. He admits his deficiencies. I, w- I wish he wouldn't all the time, but he is an open book about what he needs to work on. And, you know, not that it matters because players watch tape. They know what, what deficiencies a player has, and they're going to try to exploit those as many, as many times as possible in a game. But he, he's, uh, he's an impressive young man too. So, uh, yeah, they need, they need more, obviously. Uh, I want to keep the running game brewing and get that passing game. Justin talks about it, and we've talked about it a lot. He mentioned this week, got to get that short passing game going. That's how Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah. Short passing game, quick game. Couldn't get the brush to him and, and took advantage of a pretty crappy field. I just cannot believe how that is not maybe even a bigger story uh, at the Super Bowl. Wow. Especially when they were bragging wow. about it all week. Wow. Wow. Yes. I mean, $800,000 that cost. The, the pass rush is gone. They couldn't get traction. Oh, they'll be talking and, about that uh, in Philly forever. 
I mean, because sure. yeah. I, I want to give the Chiefs O-line a lot of credit. They deserve it. But and They did a great job. But at they the did. same time, it's like you can't tell me that that field didn't impact the Eagles pass rush at all. Right. But, you know, make, making those, uh, well, we've used the term layup throws with regularity and a high percentage completion to give guys a chance to get something after the catch or get you out of trouble, that's, it, 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 it seems that it would be a simple fix. And and hopefully it is, and that will be that will make him a much more dangerous quarterback, and the Bears' offense a much better offense. Jeff, I got just one more question uh, for you because you get to know these guys better than we do. You, you've talked to Matty Berflus a lot more than us. I'm curious. You know, it's the hits philosophy. The loaf based grading system is back. What do you like about his philosophy? Because we know it can work here. We've seen it work here, but. Your thoughts. You know him better than us. I, I First of all, if a coach has uh, – a head coach and coordinators have to have super strong philosophy and not waver. And so I've seen and witnessed coaches who do waver, and it doesn't work. You have to be convicted. And it's a no-nonsense, this is the way it is, and this is how we're going to do it. And there's an expectation that builds over time. And I think the further this marinates, you know, these young guys will pave the way. Hey, this is how we do it here. And if you don't like it, you can go. And I, I like this approach. He's a very nice man, but don't be fooled by his demeanor at the podium or how he speaks to us or how he acts on the side. He is a, he's a tough dude. And what he wants is what he wants. And he's going to get what he wants from his players or they won't be here. So, I appreciate that. You can't be wishy-washy and you have to be convicted and you got to also be willing to listen to your coaches as well and to coach your coaches. And I think he does a great job at that. If you just keep your door shut and don't listen to anybody else, that's going to be trouble. And I think he, he does have an open mind, even down to the players in this council. He puts a lot of faith in and a lot of, of uh, support for to hear feedback from players, it doesn't mean he says yes to everything, and it doesn't mean he says no to everything. And and I think players today need to have a voice. It's just the age we live in right now. They want to feel like they're part of the solution. At the same time, the age-old philosophy of, well, players just want to be put in a position to succeed. If you tell me what to do and I get it and I understand it, okay, I'm going to go and do it. And uh, many, many different players have told me that over the years because I always thought that was just cliche, but it's not. They, if you tell me what to do and it makes sense, I'm going to go do it. If it doesn't make sense, I'm probably not going to do it. I'm going to ad lib and make my coach mad. I'm not going to be in the right gap. I'm going to do whatever I want. I mean, Lovey used to, to take, you know, I used to, this, I've always said this, because Briggs was great at getting small and, and finding a way somehow to get behind the line of scrimmage. He was not the swiftest of backers, but his mind worked in a way, just like Mike Brown. Mike Brown was super, super smart, could get to where he needed to be. He understood angles. But with Lovey, as we know, he would get really upset if you weren't in the gap you're supposed to be. And I always said, Lovey, this doesn't make sense. you got unique athlete in Erlacher, and you're telling him to go to this gap over here on the left. That's his job, but... The ball's going right. It doesn't make, it just defies my good sense. He's going to follow the ball. And then he would break it down and show me why you have to do it this way. And they appreciated that. They loved, they didn't always listen. 
especially Lance, I think, sometimes would, <laughs> would ad-lib his way but into a big play, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I, I just specifics and execution, uh, I think, uh, will pay off in the end. Jeff Joniak, we'll see you at the Combine in a couple of weeks. Yes, you will, and we'll enjoy that as well. Maybe I will enjoy it. Any any kind of football is good for me. I go into a deep depression when the season's over. So the Senior Bowl and Sirius XM, thank you for having me because I I, I got uh, I got my uh, I got my fill during that week uh, during that weekend. So that was good. Hopefully, you get some rest too. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be able. Yeah, to squeeze- there's time for that. Maybe I'll be July, able to squeeze- July before training training camp. That'll be it. Yeah. You, you think you think we could squeeze one of those seventeen dinners you owe me oh in, in Indy? You know, <laughs> you know, Adam Johns. He stopped talking to me at one point in the season because I know he's just disgusted. He's just disgusted with me. Yeah, I, I make a lot of promises I don't keep. Here's how but I know. Yes. The, let's, let's hold yeah. it to uh, hold, it hold, hold, me, hold me accountable. I, don't I let me just say I'm too busy. In I got things Heck. to do. You got to follow the hits philosophy. You got to. Yes, we got to hold you. We <laughs> yes, got to hold you accountable. I do. You know, here's how I know the Bears season, even though they lost 10 games in the end, actually went pretty well for the big picture because, I mean, usually if the Bears go on like a three-game losing streak, you don't see Jeff for like days at a time, even though he's (laughs) right there 10 feet away from you at Hallis Hall. So it was was all right. Big picture's okay. I tell you, uh, just like the fans, um, it was a fun season. Guys have to agree. I mean, the losing, you know, it does wear you out. No question about it. Uh, Because in the end, when that that clock's winding down and you realize that, you know, it's 25-20, Eagles win. Uh, Now, that was the score, right? 25-20. Bears could have won that game. They could have won a lot of games. uh, But. Well, Fields had that one run where, like, where it was so unpredictable down the left sideline or your far sideline from your vantage point, right? Like, right. He stayed in when everybody thought he was going out. Oh my gosh, that's that. That was sweet, sweet, sweet. But it was cool. By the way, I just, I just want it done the right way, though. Again, no quick fixes, and using the analogies that I've used many times and that they use as well. You, you build your, you build your house with a foundation. It's got to be right, or otherwise, it's gonna. It's not going to be a good home. So you got to build everything properly here. You have well, a unique opportunity. You, you, yeah. You've wiped it clean. You started, you're building from, you have a clean slate here. You still have a clean slate. And now you got all these assets. It's, uh, it'll be, it's going to be a heck of an off season. It's going to be a great story. But we'll you're wrap, also, you know, it all can go up. You know, Lovey's first year, 2004, Erlacher pops his hammy. Never was right the rest of the year. You know, it ruins the whole thing. So you got to be mindful no matter what you're doing here. You have to think a big picture because the little pictures along the way can derail your plan a little bit. So that's why that plan's got to be very, very solid. Absolutely. You guys agree? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. You got to you gotta have, and that's where they got to get depth. No question about it. We'll wrap this thing up, but it was interesting to hear. Um Talk, talk to some Eagles players at media night last week just to what it was like trying to defend Justin Fields in that game. And like they, they're they like, you can't, you can practice it all week, but you don't realize till you get out there how big and how strong he is and how oh, yeah. hard it is yeah. to actually tackle. By the way, this is a team that has Jalen Hurts that they go up against in practice, yeah. right? Like TJ Edwards, local kid, was like, yeah, didn't realize till we were out there on the field that like he'll just run through your tackle and if you're if you're able to actually get to him, 
he'll do that. So it's it's pretty impressive. You know, watching Hurts scramble, Adam, Adam Johns, uh, I know you're about to speak, but, and you've been cut off a lot on this show, by the way. I mean, the big guy here is kind of running the show. By what's oh, going yeah. on? What, what's He's going on here? It. Don't leave, you know, you feel like you're looking like the little guy here. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Jalen Hurts. The camera here or something. There we go. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll mute myself, okay? I'll just mute myself. Uh, would you guys agree? And Adam Hogue, did you stay for the game? I did not. I came home Friday. Okay. Yeah. Which is always puzzling. I always stayed for the game. That's the best part. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just I, I, I like I, being there. I, I like be I like saying I saw these great moments and they were jaw dropping and and I've been to some great ones. And uh, to leave, it's the one day where I can personally just watch the game. Okay. I don't you disagree know? with you, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna text. I'm gonna text you my wife's phone number, and uh, you can tell her all that. Okay, so hey, this is your life's work, brother. You know, <laughs> I know. You know, work life balance is critical, but uh, you just gotta make sure you leave pockets of that balance for the for your family. Yes, which is why I come home right? on Friday. You gotta work and watch the game no. on TV. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna forget what I was saying here. But <laughs> when you watch Jalen Hurts run. He runs very, very well. No question about it. But nobody runs like this guy. No. He's a freight train. And when he was doing his his media tours at Super Bowl week, he was in short pants. You see how strong his legs are. I mean, take a look at the I – mean, he is a strong lower half, so he's breaking tackles. He's he, yeah. And he will blow you up. But I just don't want him to get hurt. What stands out to me beyond what like Banner and Tannenbaum are saying, like, you know, move on from Justin Fields is everything Adam just brought up. It's what the players are saying yeah. about Justin Fields. It's, 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 that, it's right? not just his teammates, but right. like unsolicited, they are praising Justin Fields on their own podcast or just bringing him up as one of the toughest to defend. That That's something. I, I have not covered a Bears quarterback talked about that. Usually it's like no. defenders – going viral for telling the media that we made the Bears quarterback play quarterback. <laughs> and that's a great point, Adam, because they a lot of it's been unsolicited. They'll post something on their Twitter, either watching Justin or having faced him. That's a great point. And it all starts there. Players know first. Yeah. They know first. They know in the offseason whether or not this is going to be a good team or not. They know it, how they're working, how they interact with each other. Now, that's uh, kind of eroded over the course of the new collective bargaining agreement and so forth. So a lot of players do their own thing, but when they're to get, they just know first, they know when they're going to be good or not. And so we often question the bravado of teams who will maybe be struggling early on and they're still talking like, Hey, we're going to get this turned around. And they ultimately do. Um, you can't ignore what players feel about each other. They, they know, they know, they know for, they know before the coaches. That, that's my experience anyway. Can I talk now? Or? Yes, you may. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make yes, sure. Yes, you may. Yeah, but, we you know, probably we got to wrap up. this up soon. I got <laughs> yeah, other I things I got to take care of. This was supposed to be, you know, half hour. Well, it I seemed mean, like you enjoyed on? it, though. You seemed like you enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I mean, it I don't want to project it's good. on it's good. you. It's good. Okay. it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. You know, hey, look, when you get a Jeff Joniak once a year, you got to take advantage of it. So, <laughs> What do you got? Jeff, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll see you in Indy. We'll have fun right, down there. Boys. Hopefully a little dinner. bit of fun. We'll, we'll do dinner. We will work get together. Little. All right. We will get together and work a lot of it. Yeah. Jeff Joni. All right. 
the amazing Cheers, voice of the Bears. There he is. And he's gone. Just like and he's that. gone. Just like that. <laughs> and we'll, Jeff's the best. I I'll put it at um eh, it's still plus two thousand that we'll actually have dinner with Jeff down there. I <laughs> gotta hold it too. No. It's philosophy. Let's do it. Uh that was fun. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I guess that's the pod. I mean, we, we did. We talked to him longer than we were supposed to. So that's good. I, I, when people, I first reached out to him, I said, he's like, how long do you need? I'm like, uh, 20 minutes. We exceeded that by 30. See, I, I think we're pretty good, though, at reading the guests. And it didn't seem like he was in a hurry to leave. No, he wanted to hang out longer. Yeah. So, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm sure if it's a problem, I'll hear about it if I haven't already. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, check your phone. <laughs> uh, he's a good man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. A fun episode. Um, I am going out of town. So you're just going to have to figure this thing out with, without me. I can actually I get some words in. Yeah, I was going to say, I won't interrupt you on, the, on Thursday. The next pod. I'm sorry if I was doing that. Uh, man. I'll just yell over uh, Kevin Fishbane. No, we're good. We're good. Jeff was going. I was just he excited. He was rolling. And it was actually kind of hard to get in between his thoughts sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whose show is this? <laughs> Who was the coordinator? Was it Hightower or was this, I'm trying, or was it Sean Desai? Who am I thinking of? Like recently in the last couple of years that like you never could tell when he was done talking. Oh, it was Sean Desai. Yeah, I think it was Sean. Yeah, and, and I've told oh. him this afterwards. Joe Nick's texting us right now already. Yeah, um, I, I was, uh, I've told this to Sean is we had a tough, 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 tough time picking up his voice inflection of when he was finishing his, his answers. Yeah. 
like Harry Heastan had that too. He had a little hiccup uh, mm-hmm. in his in his words, like like everything had a little you know or something like that. It took a while to to find your gaps to get your questions in. For the whole year, Sean Desai was the defensive coordinator. I think everybody interrupted him at least more than once throughout the course of that year. And everybody would be like, oh, sorry. Sorry, dude. Sorry, Sean. Well, everyone's oh, no trying problem. to get their question in. So if there's any type of pause, they jump in. And uh, anyway, sorry if I was cutting people off. Love both of you guys. Mm. All right, I'm getting on a plane, going somewhere warm. Yeah, let's call. Days. Let's call this. You enjoy yeah. your, your, your vacation. Like, wait a minute! You were just in Arizona. I was, but you know this. You're in a you're in a convention center all week. Could be in Arizona. Could be in Minnesota. It doesn't really make a difference when you're at the Super Bowl. Um, and this time you'll have family members with you. Yes, yes. Get a little sun in. Key difference. Recharge for the combine. I'm actually I love the combine. I know you love the combine too. So we'll we'll have fun there. Uh, yeah, you're gonna be talking to Kevin Fishbane later this week. I'll be back next week. Um, We'll keep things rolling here. But thanks to Jeff Joniak for jumping on with us today. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Make sure you check out my first Bears mock draft. It is up all chgo.com and there's a video version for the first time ever on the CHGO YouTube channel. So please go over there, hit subscribe, check it out. Appreciate you doing that. Johnsy's coverage all up on the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns. A lot of good coverage uh, just across the athletic in general from the Super Bowl. Lots to catch up on. The turf that Joniak brought up. Good story on that. All kinds Dane of good stuff. Dane Brugler has his top 100 players out. Boom. Hit that. There it is. So now I can go look at my mock draft and see how far off I was with some of these guys and try to project <laughs> what round they're going in, which always happens with the uh, first one. You know what? After the first 15, it's always a crapshoot anyway. It is. I, every single year you sit there on Saturday and you're like, how's that guy still available in the sixth round? How'd that guy go in the second round? just how it works all right um well we're out of here i'll see you guys next week john z will talk to everyone on thursday i'll be here see ya point is uh those are some numbers